in this part of the Advent story, I'm struck by the silence. Joseph does not speak. He listens. And he bears witness to God working through Mary and the baby that she is carrying. He's beside her. He's present to her. He does not speak over her experience. He does not speak for her experience. He listens. He witnesses her carrying the baby. He is open to God working through Mary, to God emerging in an infant, a woman, and a child. Joseph does not insist on his experience in the midst of this story, nor does he try to narrate Mary's story through his own lens. He's silent. A voice that is normally listened to, that has authority, a voice that could dramatically change the story. Yet it's his silence that ultimately speaks volumes. Bearing witness is a powerful act. It means paying attention beyond our own experience. We stop centering ourselves in order to open to the mystery of an unknowable and uncertain circumstance, someone else's experience. Joseph defied a society that would have him remain at the center and he chose holy bewilderment. Broderick spoke of this last week, the unknowable and uncertainty of the mystery of God at work in the world. Joseph was in a situation, as Broderick would say, of asking, how did I get here and how do I get out? But Joseph chose to remain. It would have been easier to get out. Rather than the path that society would have him take, he chooses to be silent, to be open to having his understanding of God change. There's an organization that I am a member of. It's in, uh, called the Zen Peacemakers Order. It's an interfaith organization for peacemaking and bearing witness is an essential practice. Roshi Bernie Glassman, the founder of the order, was a Jewish Zen master. And of bearing witness, he writes, Shema Israel. It's a famous Jewish prayer. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Bernie continues, when we say, listen, O Israel, what do we mean? 
when we really listen, when we really pay attention to the sounds of joy and suffering in the universe, then we are not separate from them. When we don't listen, we are shutting ourselves off, not just from others, but from ourselves. Bernie continues, the important thing is to try and look a little more broadly than just our own individual suffering. And out of that bearing witness, a healing will arise. We see the opposite of bearing witness as denial. Denying the existence of someone as we ignore them walking past. Denying the suffering of someone as we speak over their story with our own suffering. Denying the humanity of someone because they are different in status, gender, race, politics. That denies Christ in them. Bearing witness challenges us to listen to others to see others, to be transformed by God's work in others, unexpected and uncertain, and to see ourselves in others. A healing will arise. Shema Israel. Listen. When we are faced with fear, discomfort, and change, can we be silent and listen? Can we witness God in this holy bewilderment? Joseph could have denied God's work in Mary, denied her dignity and respect, literally denied Christ in her. But Joseph knew the importance of witnessing and listening. Shema Israel, listen. With no attachment to how the situation should go or where God will show up, listen, witness. It's a difficult practice. Advent really calls us into this space of listening and witnessing. By way of quick story, one of my favorite examples of bearing witness in my life was when I first went to college. I wanted to go far away, so I chose the University of Hawaii. <laughs> I was miserable. <laughs> the ocean and the tropical forest were lovely. Uh, but I really was not doing well in a large school environment. And I would call my mom every day, it felt like. And she would listen. She offered support. And I know my mom prayed for me every single day. When I was home over winter break that year, uh, my mom suggested that I consider transferring to Gonzaga, the school that's literally in my hometown where my dad teaches, as close to home as possible. <laughs> the following fall, 
I was at Gonzaga and having the best experience ever. And I told my mom how happy I was that I was at Gonzaga. And she smiled and she said, I always knew that you would do well there. I just looked at her and I said, well, why didn't you say anything when I was first applying to college? And she just laughed and she said, you wouldn't have listened to me anyways. <laughs> Which is very true. It's very true. I, I would not have listened to her. And she purposefully remained silent. She did not try and dictate my experience. She didn't try and tell me how my life should go. But she was there for every crying phone call, for every anxious, what do I do next? As a parent, it would have been easy for her to try and tell me what to do. Parents tend to carry a lot of power and authority. But she did not try to enforce her knowledge in this circumstance. I had to learn all of this on my own. And what incredible healing work for a child to be listened to. That goes a long way to have someone in power and authority bear witness. As a parent, as a friend, as a child. We all have moments and relationships that we can bear witness, that we can listen. Shema Israel. Cole Arthur Riley, uh, who I've quoted before, she's the author of Black Liturgies. She wrote for this Advent lesson, Silence is a divine recentering. To take up a virtue of silence is to also contend with all those whose voices typically take up so much space and recenter the voices of the historically silenced. Listen. Silence is reclamation work. Healing will arise. Shema Israel. Amen.